0: news and interviews from your community every morning on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here, Mr. Rob Center on the other side of the glass making sure that as producer all our podcasts will be up and running shortly after our program and he makes sure that all our good guests are plenty audible and ready to go. Mike Malusevich, our first guest. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Mark. Always glad to hear from you. Mike's an environmental consultant, Mala Sevich Environmental, LLC. Also, we've spoken to him about a number of topics in the past, including trying to quiet communities, particularly when it comes to illegally loud uh, vehicles, but uh, some other loud noises in our community. And that's uh, every year they make about 1% progress on that front. We've also so talked to him about history in the past, and uh, we were at the North. Northumberland 250th celebration when the Sanborn maps were uh, exposed that show the borough of Northumberland evolving from about the 1850s until probably the 1930s or so. And just a really spectacular exposition of the town's growth and history and industry and changing land uses and so on. And uh, the same thing is going to happen in Sunbury tomorrow night at the Masonic Hall 7 p.m. And Mike's got an opportunity to walk through the Sanborn maps. Mike, uh, good morning, and we really appreciate you checking in. Uh, what is a Sanborn map? Uh, tell us what we'll be looking at.
1: Okay, well, a Sanborn map is the name of a company that made the maps. It was a private company uh, that uh, produced these maps for sale as part of the, uh, a, a kind of a large business from about 1880 to 1960. Sanborn was just one of several companies uh, uh, because we're talking about companies that hired people to go across the growing industrial area of the U.S. in thousands of cities in order to map as is uh, development so that they could sell these maps to insurance companies to help underwrite the fire risk of the. of these areas, of these communities. And uh, uh, most of the maps have survived, and many of the maps have been scanned and become digital versions that make it very easy to access. So, what I'm going to do on uh, t- well, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, at uh, 6 o'clock at the Masonic Lodge, as part of the uh, Sunbury Centennial Celebration, is to present. First of all, an introduction to the maps: who, what, when. And then I'm going to start with about. I think it's uh, 1887 is the first map produced for uh, Sunbury, and uh, 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 show, project uh, the images that I've downloaded onto basically the wall because they have a nice bright wall. So I'm going to be able to really enlarge, which are already large-scale uh, maps, to show exactly. What Sunbury looked like from 1887 to about 1930. And why those dates? Well, those are the time periods of when the maps existed and what we have available. And it's really quite fascinating to see what was there and perhaps sometimes still there because some buildings still exist but uh, what no longer exists and and the first thing that jumps to mind and the the first map I'm going to start with shows this massive lumbering operation uh, down along uh, Front Street that extended to uh, arch and race streets that was just incredibly large and sophisticated uh, that would bring uh, lumber down from uh, probably the Williamsport northern area, and then it was uh, brought off the river and processed onto uh, this this facility, and that's just one one example. So, uh, if you have time, uh, if the listeners have time, this is uh, one of many activities going on with the Sunbury celebration, and so uh, I just wanted to do my part and explain and show uh, um, some more history that most people will not have seen because most people aren't aware of these maps. They were kind of like a secret little uh, gem. And once you learn about them, uh, it's quite fascinating. And and these are available for other towns across Pen- uh, Pennsylvania and
0: the U.S. And so who would look at a Sanborn map? Would take us back to 1887, a Sanborn map of Sunbury's produced. Who's going to look at it?
1: Well, actually uh... your local insurance company, let's say Purdy Insurance Company in downtown Sunbury uh, would have these. and and i ha- I was able to purchase uh, and and acquire an original version of uh, um, uh, an original Sanborn map of Lewisburg. And it was from uh, a local insurance company that was bought and sold and and they found this uh, map in, literally in the attic. And I was called because the uh, the new owner knew that I had used and worked with these maps in my business, and uh, <clears throat> so private insurance companies uh, and and insurance underwriters use these maps because they provided uh, a, a detailed description with the use of color codes and numerous symbols to show the construction of. The buildings and when you knew the construction material uh, how close the buildings were how close fire hydrants and water systems were to uh, the buildings then you were able to generate an an assessment of the risk therefore here's what your premium would be for insurance and there was even uh, a concept of a a night watchman that is described on these maps and a night watchman was a a person most likely a guy back then who walked around these massive large industrial buildings uh, checking into various clock stations in order to show the insurance company that we have a person who's basically doing a night patrol so that if a fire did exist uh, it would be able to be reported and responded to quickly
0: Well, and you see municipalities grow and change by looking at one year's map and then ten years later and x years later looking at more you can see for example the installation of municipal water supplies meaning hydrants would be available so that would change the fire protection uh, opportunities for a community
1: Exactly. And also the the maps uh, do a little brief description of of the respective fire companies in each of the towns uh, by describing how much equipment they have, how many uh, uh, volunteers or paid staff, uh, the the alarm uh, system. uh, And and the buildings actually uh, have a key and a code that describes if they're automatically sprinklered uh that was uh, another type of uh, protection that grew uh, throughout the years. So and and so who so th- another question could be well who uses these maps? Now, well actually people like me in the environmental business because they they present such a, a, a an accurate and detailed historical account of what was at a property at a previous point in time. And so when we know what was there before, that can give us a sense of well what was the environmental risk For example, uh, uh, these uh, maps also have the locations sometimes, not always, of underground storage tanks if the uh, uh, property might have been a a fuel facility or a gas station uh, or some type of other industrial building. So so people today now just uh, use them as a tool uh, because it's a good historic reference and uh... people who are generally interested in history so if you live in an older part of a community you can look at one of these maps and find out what was at your property or in your building prior to uh, this point in time, uh, the early uh, 1900s or the late 1800s. Well, and
0: I think you have made the remark that this is sort of pre-environmental protection law, so it's not just uh, trivia to look at what was an industrial site for you. If somebody wants to buy a property today, you look at this and say, well, they may have just covered up and or ignored or, or removed all environmental, hazards or so on, because this was prior to, um, well, d- explain this timeline of environmental laws. You know, environmental laws at this point are 100 years away from some oh, of these okay. maps.
1: <coughs> right, correct. So so our goal is, is looking for environmental risk uh, through these maps, just like the insurance company used them for fire insurance uh, risk. So it, w- it wasn't until, as a general rule of thumb, that we use uh, 1972 as the uh, key point of when environmental regulations came into being because that was the year that the u.s. environmental protection agency was established prior to that point in time there were very little uh... there were some for instance the uh... pennsylvania had their clean water uh... act it it was something It wasn't as strong as it is now Uh, i think it was in the uh... nineteen thirties that we had a, a semblance of uh, water protection, and, and it was primarily from a health perspective. But it wasn't until '72 that environmental regulation started. And uh, for instance, for underground petroleum tanks, it wasn't until 1989 that underground petroleum tanks really started being addressed, because again, they were out of sight, out of mind. Some were leaking and, and affecting uh, water supplies. So that's why they uh, started to say, hey, we need to address these. Uh, We can't forget about these anymore. So yes, uh, that that w- that's a good point.
0: And very briefly, in Sunbury, we're going to see uh, the evolution of a lumbering industry where water was, or check that, where lumber was taken from rafts in the river and then moved into the city, where lumber yards would uh, turn it into boards and so on, so that it could be used. Right,
1: right. So and, and actually, right up the street on on Reagan or Race, at the end of this lumber operation, was a factory that was making wooden coffins. That's right. right, that's, that's right, right. That's right on the map. And actually, the, the the lumber operation is like a little city in itself because they had their own power generation, and they had their own narrow gauge uh, uh, rail trestle that helped uh, transport the, the product in, in, in and around that whole multi-block area. Oh, and the other interesting thing uh, that was int- uh, from a Sunbury perspective is we're going to be able to see where some of the first electrical generating stations were in the city uh, through these maps.
0: All right. And do you happen to remember the name of that lumber company in Sunbury from the maps?
1: Um, uh, not offhand. I'll text <laughs> it to you. <laughs> okay.
0: Right. All right. Always right. Don't ask questions if you don't know the answer, Mark. All right. Well, thank you so much for this glimpse. I, I hope folks are intrigued at this because you're going to see, well, uh, as we're mentioning, a massive industry in Sunbury that was thriving in and of itself a, a community. And then uh, the evolution to where there's, all there. well, there is no remnants of it. To no more Coffin Company, no more Brocious Lumber, which was on right, Second right, Street. Right. All of that gone. So oh,
1: here's a, here's a, another fascinating one on Sunbury. Was uh, uh, Sunbury had a, a very large brewery, and that I do remember that one. It was called Cold Spring Brewery.
0: And that would be, what, on 6th Street or 7th Street near...
1: It, w- it was up roughly where the, uh, the the ice skating ring is and those uh, recreation uh, areas, uh, uh, those like the Skateboard Park, uh, north, north north of Weiss Market, north of 4th uh, Street, <laughs> because there was a large flat area there, and uh, those were, there were some uh, springs up there uh, that provided some high-quality water, hence the name Cold Springs uh, Brewery.
0: Now, if the casual history that I've learned from other folks is any indication that building is at least one of those buildings is still there so we'll we'll look for that and see if we can check that out mike thank you so much for all you're doing with these maps and these communities of course you get nothing but a good feeling from sharing this great knowledge so you get no personal gain from it and you just love sharing this and so we love hearing it
1: yeah it is yeah right exactly
0: and thank you okay all right and we'll see you tomorrow night
1: Okay, great. Thank you, Mark. Bye.
0: That is Mike Molisevich, Environmental Consultant, Mollasevich Environmental, LLC, uh, and a history buff and talking about history and the evolution of industrial history and community history and housing history in Sunbury tomorrow night during the semi-quincentennial presentation, 7 p.m. at the Masonic Hall in Sunbury.